but uh, whatever it is. Uh, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to the 39th Psalm, if you would. Let's all stand as we honor God's Word by standing. The 39th Psalm. And I want to read the whole Psalm, so just bear with me as, as I read it. And, uh, and then we're going to preach on our whole message going to be from this 39th Psalm. Said I, I said, for 39, verse 1, I said, I will take heed to my ways, that I sin not with my tongue, I will keep my mouth with a bridle, while the wicked is before me. I was dumb with silence, I held my peace even from good, and my sorrow was stirred. My heart was hot within me, while I was musing, the fire burned. Then spake I with my tongue, Lord, make me to know thy end and the measure of my days, what it is that I may know how frail I am. Behold, thou hast made my days as a handbreadth, and mine age is as nothing before thee. Verily every man at his best state is altogether vanity, Selah. Surely every man walketh in a vain show. Surely they are disquieted in vain. He heapeth up riches and knoweth not who shall gather them. And now, Lord, what wait I for my hopes is in thee. Deliver me from all my transgressions. Make me not the approach of the foolish. I was dumb. Open not my mouth, because thou didst it. Remove thy stroke away from me. I am consumed by the blow of thine hand. When thou, when thou with rebukes dost correct my for iniquity, thou makest his beauty to consume. A way like, like a moth, surely every man is vanity, Selah. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and give ear unto my cry. Hold not thy peace at my tears, for I am as stranger with thee and a sojourner as all my fathers were. O spare me that I may recover strength before I go hence and be no more. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for the day. Thank you for your word. Pray, Lord, that you'll help us as we preach this message this morning. Lord, we pray that uh, uh, it'll be clear and and have understanding. And Lord, I just pray that you'll use it for thy honor and thy glory. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you. you may be seated. <clears throat> the resolution of the psalmist is seen in the very first verse. I said I will take heed to my ways. Title of my message this morning is Take Heed to Thy Ways. Take Heed to Thy Ways. It was the great Apostle Paul who said, Wherefore let me that let, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. First, First Corinthians ten twelve. All of us should mark those things in our lives which we must take heed to. It was Job who said to his ignorant friends, 
Art not thou my days few? Cease then, and let me alone, that I might take comfort a little. Job 10 and verse 20. You know, it's, uh, you know, we can sometimes, we can say too much, and sometimes we don't say enough. And that's, uh, that, that's a great uh, thing that you realize when you're a preacher. You know, when you've said enough or when you've said too much, this is uh, something that you always need to think about as a minister. The psalmist speaks of my ways. He speaks of my ways. You know, all of us, all of us have our ways. Our, the ways, all of us are different. None, none of us are just alike. You know, we can, we can, we can say to one that your ways are wrong, but then we don't realize sometimes our own way. We, we have, we have our own ways. What was, what was his ways? Well, the, the Greek signifies that he is, not the Greek, I'm sorry, the, um, um, signifies that he is speaking of his motives, his habits, and his manners. Most will think them right because they are my ways. You know, we, we, all, we all have a tendency to think that my ways are the right ways. Or there's nothing wrong with my ways. But sometimes there's a lot wrong with our ways. And as the Hebrew here signifies that he is speaking of his motives, why do we do some of the things we do? What's our motive for it? He's speaking of his motives, speaking of his habits. We know we have a lot of habits that, that we do that just becomes, they become right in our eyes. Though they may be wrong in God's eyes, they may be wrong in the scripture's eyes, but they become right in our eyes because they're our ways. This is our ways of doing things. And then also his manners. You know, we all have mannerisms. We all have different things that we have in our life that sometimes it's hard to get rid of some of those things that we have. But the psalmist speaks of, of my ways. <clears throat> I often wonder if my ways are in harmony with God's word and God's ways. You know, all of us should think about that for a moment. We should think about it. Are our ways in harmony with God's ways? Are we in harmony with the way God would have us to be? But uh, sometimes you wonder that, no, my ways are not God's ways, and, and we, that's, what, that's when we have to work on it. The psalmist speaks of my mouth. Now, we're going we're gonna to look at about six or seven of these today from this very, from this very uh, psalm. The psalmist speaks of my mouth. He speaks that I will keep my mouth with a bridle. That word bridle is the same word for muzzle. He says, I will keep my mouth with a bridle while the wicked is before me. In other words, that's, that was his way. You know, he, he doesn't say much to the wicked or about the wicked because that's his way. And a lot of us have that same way that we won't say anything. I, 
I, over the years, I, I pretty much have learned that, you know, if a person is, is wicked in his ways, then I pretty much don't say much to, about him to it. I witnessed to him. I had opportunity uh, Friday. We had a young man came here to church Friday. All, all I know is his first name was Michael, not any of the Michaels we know. I don't even know what his last name was, but his first name was Michael. He came here, and he wanted to talk to me about what he believed and what he stands for. And so he started talking about, uh, I mean, he knew scriptures. He started quoting scriptures. He started uh, talking about uh, things that, in other words, he, he makes, made a lot of things in scripture into what he wanted them to be, and he just went on and on and on for probably a half hour. And finally I told him, I asked him, I said, do you go to church? He said, no, I don't go to church. I said, have you ever gone to church? He said, yes, I've gone to church. And, and I knew the way he was talking. He said, yeah, he says, I've gone to the holiness churches. And, and he said, I, I've, those only church I go to, I said, well, how come you don't go to church now? He said, because I don't agree with a lot, lot of what they teach, but yet he was telling me everything about what they teach and wanting me to agree with him that that's okay for him to believe that. Well, it came down to the fact that I had finally had to tell him, I had to tell him, I said, well, your, your ways and how, what you believe and, and how that you take the scriptures and you use them for your own good, then I said, yeah, that's wrong. And he said, well, where do I learn to write at? I said, have you ever been to a Sovereign Grace Landmark Missionary Baptist Church? He said, no, I never heard of it. But he said, I do believe in Sovereign Grace. He said, I do believe that God chose his children before the foundation of the world. I said, then you need to get yourself into a church where you can be taught those very things and, and get away from some of the things that you've been taught. But uh, he, he never said anything about coming or anything back that. He finally just left. And I, I witnessed to him, told him about Christ, and he said he already knew, knew the Lord. But, uh, but the psalmist speaks of my mouth. He says, I will keep my mouth with a bridle while the wicked is before me. We find ourselves judging God by our ways and, and our mouths. There are times when the muzzle is needed. It was James who said, For in many things we offend all. If any man offend, offend not in word, the same as a perfect man, able also to bridle not only his mouth but his whole body. You know, what we say sometimes affects our whole body and, and our whole living. It affects that way, so it's what James is referring to. In other words, our mouths keep our bodies in sin sometimes. Sometimes uh, we just can't keep our mouths closed. The great apostle told the Colossians, walk in wisdom toward them that are without, redeeming the time. Uh, Colossians 4 and verse 5, walk in wisdom toward them that are without. You know, we... 
we have a hard time when we face the wicked, and we go and, and sometimes when we face the wicked, we don't know what to say to them. You know, you just uh, you tell somebody that they're wrong about something, you know, they want to start trouble. And um, that's one thing that we're supposed to do is we're supposed to be peacemakers and keep trouble down. But it's hard to rebuke the wicked. It's hard to rebuke those. Uh, and that's what uh, uh, Paul says in, in the Colossians, walk in wisdom toward them that are without. Be wise. Be wise with them. Be wise in what you say. Be wise in how you approach them. He, and, and, and the psalmist asked of the Lord, set a watch before my mouth and keep the door of my lips. Psalms 141 and verse 3. He says, Lord, let me speak when I need to speak. Let me hush up when I need to hush up. That's, that's something, that's something that all of us at times we need to do. We need to speak when it's time to speak and we need to hush up when it's time to hush up and be quiet. And the psalmist speaks of my heart. He, he speaks of my heart. He says, my heart was hot within me in verse 3. My heart was hot within me. Now, for what? What was his heart hot within him for? Uh, you know, sometimes our heart gets hot within us because of all the sin we see. And I know here lately, here lately as far as politics are concerned, there's a lot of people whose hearts got hot within them, and and they they've got to say something. They they've got to they've got to they just can't be quiet about it. They have got to say something about it. Uh, the psalm the psalmist speaks of my heart. It is a blessed thing to have one's heart hot with the holy fire, while he or she muses upon the things of God. That's, that's, that's a good thing to have your heart hot up on. Your heart, your heart should be hot up on what the Lord has and what the Lord teaches in his word. Your heart should be hot up on those things. All of us need to take heed if there be an evil heart of unbelief. You know, you know, just like the fellas, you know, I had a hard time talking with him. I didn't say a whole lot to him. But I did, I did, I did tell him that some of the things that he said in that probably half hour he talked before that, I did say, I said, there is a possibility that you don't believe anything. And uh, he said, oh, yes, I do. He said, I believe a lot. I said, I know you believe a lot. But I said, it, it, it amounts sometimes to nothing. And uh, he he never got upset. He just he just went on. I guess he just went on preaching to me, and I I, I think that's what he was trying to do, because I did ask him one time. I said, "Are you a preacher?" He said, "No." I said, "Well, you sure are preaching to me a lot of things that's not true." And so he he said, "Well, he said maybe maybe you can set me straight." I said, "I can, but I can't do it today." I said, it'll take, it'll take you from everything that you've told me, everything that you've said to this, to, today to me. He said, it'd take me longer than just right now to set those things straight with you. Because I said, I don't agree with some of the things you said. He, he got to talking about 
uh, the book of Revelation. And he got to talking about, he got talking about what these things are that, uh, uh, that con concerning the book of Revelation. Uh, in, in other words, he, he, he began to, uh, I guess you could say, uh, make things mean things they didn't make, didn't mean. He talked about, he talked about, uh, uh, the chariots and, and such that the book of Revelation speaks of. Uh, the, uh, the horses. Well, he said, those aren't horses. He said, those are tanks. I said, where do you get that from? That those horses mentioned in the book of Revelation are tanks. He said, well, you know they're going to be a great war. And he said, World War III is going to break loose. And he said, that's going to be what the book of Revelation is speaking of. Well, I don't find that anywhere in the Bible where it talks about World War III. And, uh, but he, he came up with a lot of those things. He said, well, what do you believe about the book of Revelation? I said, I, I, I teach it to be literal. I said, whatever it says, then I said, that's what I teach it to say. I said, I don't try to change things around. Don't try to make something not what it is and such. But uh, he, he had sat under somebody that was really messed up. Now, ne next, next thing is the psalmist speaks of the end. He speaks of the end. Uh, he says, Lord, make me to know my end and the, measures, the measure of my days, what it is that I may know how frail I am. Well, we may say, why David, why David do you ask such a thing of the Lord when the Lord never makes any aware of the end? But uh, sometimes he does. And he, as he asked the Lord here, we know Balaam. Balaam desired to know his end, that he may be like the righteous. But Balaam didn't take heed to his end and died as a wicked one. You know, so, you know, what, what he's saying here, Lord, I, I, want, I want to know when my end of my days are that I can set things straight that I need to set straight with my life. Uh, just like a man told me one time, he, he'd been to the doctor, and I asked him, I said, what did the doctor say? I said, he told me, get my ducks in a row. I said, did the doctor tell you to get your ducks in a row? I said, have you got any ducks? He said, no. I said, well, how are you going to get ducks in a row if you don't have them? And he said, I don't mean that. The doctor didn't mean that. I, I said, well, what, what does that mean? He said, it means that I don't have long to live. And I need to get things straight. I said, if you haven't got things straight by now, you're probably not going to get them straight in the future. So that's, uh, uh, David said, Lord, let me know when my end is so I'll know when, when I'm, I'm the weakest. <clears throat> then he speaks of my days. He says, behold, thou hast made my days as a handbreadth, no longer than the hand. No, if you hold a hand up, it's no longer than a hand. He said, I made, I made, you made my days as, as a handbreadth, and mine age as nothing before thee. In other words, Lord, keep me aware of my life. 
Keep me aware of my life. Now, let me tell you, Brother Sam would probably okay this. I'm sure he would. If you think that just because one died of old age that God will not send them to hell, you know. Folks, when you get when you get our age, you begin to think about those things. You begin to think about uh, uh, what's what's going to happen. You you know, young people say, "I've got a lot of years to go." Well, a lot of young people hadn't have a lot of years to go. They got they have a lot of years to to get things straight and get things uh, going in the day that that when that day comes. But every lost person who dies. And his or her sins go to hell. Just because a person is old and dies doesn't mean that they went to heaven. Just because a person is old and died and they've done something in church, just like one old fella told me one time, he, he said, I used to be an usher in a church taking up the offerings. I said, how long did that last? He said, oh, he said, I was there for about 10 or 12 years. And I said, uh, why are you telling me these things? He said, well, don't you think that I'll probably go to heaven? You know, when, uh, uh, when I die, I said, no, that doesn't mean that you're going to go to heaven when you die just because, because you're old and you're at the end of your days. Let me tell you, folks, when you get at the end of your days, you begin to think about things like that. Believe me, I know it to be true. You get to think about things like that. We all need to stop and take heed that our hope, well, I'm, I went to the wrong one. Uh, the psalmist speaks of my hope. He says, and now, Lord, what wait I for, th- for my hope is in thee. We all need to stop and take heed that our hope is in the Lord and not in some circumstance that's happened in our life, like walking the church aisle or was baptized or praying the sinner's prayer. The great apostle told the Roman church, Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. The greatest hope that you can have is in the Lord, not, not hope in because you've been in church. I've been in church all my life. That's no hope. Uh, or I've, 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 I was a deacon, and like one man told Brother Kendall and I, he said, I was a deacon for many years, but he hadn't been church in 47 years. But he said, I was a deacon. And he that was his hope. That was his hope. He was an old fella, uh, older than Brother Kendall and I. And, and he was an old fella, and he said, uh, he, he said, well, he said, uh, I did this for so, so many years. I was a deacon. And I told him, I said, I sure hope. I pray that your hope is not in that that you were a deacon. He said, well, he said, you know, he said, I haven't been church in 47 years. I said, what's wrong with that? He said, I'm backslidden. I said, you, you haven't been backslidden for 47 years. I said, the Lord's not going to let you go for 47 years and be backslidden. But that was his hope. All, all the hope that old fella had, he, he lived down in Alamo, all the hope that old fella had was in the fact that, uh, in the fact that uh, he was a deacon for several years in, in the Snow Hill Baptist Church, that he was a deacon. That's all the hope he had. That's, that's weak hope. That's what David says. Here he says, 
And now, Lord, what wait, what wait I for? My hope is in thee. And, and we, we, we pray that our hope is, is always in the Lord. And, and Paul talks about in Romans 15, I, I, quote, I read it to you a while ago, talks about in Romans 15 that, that our hope should be in, by the power of the Holy Ghost, power of the Holy Spirit. You know, if the Holy Spirit gives you hope, then you've got hope. It's a lively hope. Peter calls it a lively hope. You know, a lot of people have got a dead hope, but Peter calls it a lively hope. Lord, keep hope alive in us, what I pray. The psalmist speaks of my transgressions. He speaks of my transgressions. He says, deliver me from my transgressions. You know what it means to transgress? What it means to transgress is, is to sin against the Lord and, and allow sin to take over one's life. That's a transgression. You know, when, when, when you sin against the Lord and you allow that sin to take over your life, then that's a transgression. That's not, you know, there's a difference in a single sin and transgression. There's a difference in single sin and iniquities. There's a difference in those three things. They're taught in the Bible. You know, a lot of people think that it's sin, 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 but, but no, a transgression is when you sin and you let that sin take over your life. And David said, Lord, he said, Lord, believe me or, or deliver me from my transgressions. It was, it was uh, you know, John says, and if we sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. You know, well, there's a difference in a sin and a transgression. You know, when, 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 when you know, tr uh, transgression is habitual sin. It's just sin that takes over your life and, and it goes uh, uh, everywhere. Some of you scared to death. I just rolled over my third, second, third page. But we'll be finished in just a minute. The psalmist speaks of my prayer. My prayer. He begs the Lord, hear my prayer, O Lord, and give ear to my cry. Hold not thy peace at my tears. Oh, all of us, every one of us in here want the Lord to hear our prayers. We want the Lord to be there with us when we're praying. And I tell you, folks, it's, it's a wonderful thing to have the Lord there with you. I believe it. When I go to bed at nights, and I told you all before, I believe the Lord is at my left side. And I turn over toward my left side, and I pray to the Lord. And I know, for some reason, I know the Lord is there. I know he's right there listening to me. What, everything I'm saying, he's there listening to me. doesn't mean he's going to answer your prayer. It just means that he listens. That's what David said. All I ask for, Lord, is that you give Give ear to my cry. Just listen, Lord. It's a wonderful thing if the Lord listens to you. It's a wonderful thing. You don't want the Lord to turn his face upon you as he did Israel. He turned his face upon Israel because of their sin, because of the things they did that they shouldn't have done, and because of their habitual sinning, because of their habitual worshiping of idols, because they're, they're, they're habitual of, of desecrating the Sabbath day. If, you, if you'll remember in the scriptures, 
they desecrated the Sabbath day and they kept desecrating the Sabbath day, what did the Lord do? What did the Lord do? He sent them into captivity. And for over 70 years, they were in captivity to, to the Babylonians. Over 70 years. But when they came out of captivity, did they, did they run to the Lord? Not all of them. Some of them did. But not all of them ran to the Lord. And David says here, he says, all I can pray for is, Lord, that you will hear my, my prayers as I pray those things. And lastly, today the psalmist speaks of, oh, I'm sorry, oh, spare me. He speaks of, oh, spare me. Oh, that's something we want. We want the Lord to spare us. We want the Lord to spare us. We, we, we want the Lord to, you know, the Lord, the Lord is a determining judge. He's the one that judges and does as he pleases when he judges. He judges righteously. He judges, he judges correctly. He judges. The Lord, Lord doesn't judge anything that he, he doesn't mean that he judging them. And, and David speaks of, oh, spare me. He says, oh, spare me that I may recover strength before I go hence and be no more. Lord, spare me. I'm getting old. Spare me, Lord. I'm going to be leaving this world before long. Spare me, Lord, that you will let me get, get quote, unquote, my ducks in a row. Spare me, Lord, that I can get things in, in a row. You know, let me tell you, a lot of old people do a lot of praying. A lot of people who are going to face the Lord do a lot of praying. I tell you, I've gone into rooms where people were old and they were dying in hospitals and nursing homes and such and such as this over the years. And you hear them say, I prayed my heart out. I prayed my heart out to the Lord, you know, that, he, that he's going he's to accept me when I leave this world. Then you go to others. I've gone to nursing homes, and you see these old folks sitting in a row out in the hallway. They're in the wheelchair, and they're just sitting there. And I've walked up to every one of them before, and I said to them, I said to them, I said, uh, uh, are you looking forward to see the Lord? They said nothing. A lot of them just said nothing. You know, let me tell you, folks, and, and I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not being Armenian by saying this, but you can ignore the Lord only so long until he'll start ignoring you. You don't want the Lord to be ignoring you when you're on your deathbed. You don't want the Lord to be ignoring you when... You get so sick that you can't hold your head up. You don't want the Lord ignoring you then. And that's what David is referring to here. He says, oh, spare me that I may recover strength before I go hence and be no more. Verse 13. What does he mean by this verse? When you get old and your days get very close, you will understand it was Hezekiah in his day who prayed 
unto the Lord to give him more days upon the earth. And you know what? The Lord heard his prayer. The Lord heard his prayer. Hezekiah was a good person. He was a righteous man. He was one that he was one that saw Jehovah God as being his God. And and he he was a believer. And he asked the Lord for more days. And the Lord heard his prayer. Jehovah God said unto him, I have heard thy prayer. I have seen thy tears. Behold, I will add unto thee that uh, unto thy days fifteen years. And he did. That's that's when the sundial went backwards. Now, some people have said, did everybody get 15 extra years when that sundial went backwards? No. Just because because the Lord gave Hezekiah, I don't know why the Lord gave Hezekiah 15 extra days. The Bible doesn't teach you. The Bible says, because I heard his prayer. I heard his tears. I saw his tears. And I know he was, he was, very just in what he was doing when he prayed unto God. And God said, I heard his prayers, and the Lord gave him 15 years. You can find that in Isaiah 38 and verse 5, what the Lord said to him. All I can say today is for every one of you is to keep on keeping on. You know, don't ever stop praying. Don't ever stop hoping. Don't ever stop. Don't ever give up and say, well, I'm just going to live my own life. I'm not going to worry about things. Don't ever do that. Because sure enough, you'll start worrying about things. you start being concerned about things. Realize that God says, I have heard thy prayer. That's the key right there. I have heard thy prayer. Does God hear your prayers? Do you know that God hears your prayers or are you just assuming that God hears your prayers? You can know when God hears your prayers and just like David said in another place, Lord, let me know when my time's going to come. I believe that. I believe God God lets us know when our time is coming. I've seen it too many times over the years. I've seen it too many times. I've seen people who have said, you know, i got something I want you to keep in your mind. Don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody else about it. But I want something you can keep in your mind. I, what, what is it? But well, I'm not going to be living much longer. And I want, I want you to, when I'm gone, I want you to realize some things that I want you to do. And said, don't tell anybody that I've told you this. And I've said this many times over the last few years that I kept, I kept all of those things. I did exactly what I, what I was told to do, all but one thing. And I couldn't do that one. I couldn't keep that one. I'll keep it. It'll be in my heart, but I'll keep it. But I can't, I can't tell other folks what it is. Let me tell you, folks, I know that that sister 
knew exactly what she was talking about. I knew that she was telling me because she knew that she didn't have long to go. I knew the Lord tells us. She even told me. She said, the Lord has shown me this. The Lord has shown me these things. Now, people don't just say that to everybody. The Lord has shown me these things, and I know. And I tell you, David, David wanted to know. He said, Lord, let me know when my days are about up. Let me know when it's about my time to go. And I believe the Lord will. That depends on if he hears your prayers. If he hears your prayers, I believe the Lord will let you know. I believe he'll let you know that your days are not too long here on the earth. And certainly this is something that all of us need to realize. And all I, only the advice I can give you, if you're praying, keep on praying. If you're believing, keep on believing. If you're trusting, keep on trusting. If you're loving, keep on loving. Don't ever stop. Don't ever throw your hands up and say, I've done enough. You've never done enough. That's why Paul says, if you pray, cease not to pray. If you believe, cease not to believe. Now, Paul didn't say that, but I'm just adding that to it. If you have hope, see, if you have hope in the Lord, keep on having hope in the Lord. Keep on by keeping on. Keep going, keep doing. All right, let's all stand if you would.